There's one thing I want you to do for me. What? Come here. What? Win. Win. What are we waiting for? Take this! everybody welcome to the tim gaither podcast episode 99 this is a special episode for me because my guest today is eric aiken eric aiken was somebody i idolized when i was growing up he was uh one of the best wrestlers ever to come out of kansas he was a four-time state champ when we were kids he went on to become a four excuse me a four-time finalist in high school three-time state champ then he went to iowa state where he was a four-time all-american he finished eighth third fourth and second and then he went to went on to make a world team in 1999. He was a two-time Olympic alternate in 1996 and the year 2000. And uh, he always had a different way of looking at things. And uh, he's just a cool dude and a really great wrestler. And I'm excited to have him on. So let's give him a call. What's up, Jimmy? Hey, Eric Aiken. How you doing, buddy? Congratulations, first of all, on Johnny winning a state title this year. Oh, yeah, man. Thanks a lot. That was cool. I mean... I can't even explain how cool it was. Um, I mean, it was better than anything I ever accomplished in wrestling as far as how, how good it felt to me. Yeah. As a competitor and as a father and as a coach. But, um, you know, when, when you get done competing at something at a high level, whether it's wrestling or <clears throat> football or whatever it is, um, you have a feeling that, you know, it's this disengagement from competition and uh, it's it's hard, you know. You're like, man, because you watch somebody do something like make a comeback or um, win a big game or beat someone they're not supposed to beat and, and you see it and you're like, dude, I know how that guy feels right now. Yeah. And then, and then the next voice in your, in your head says, Holy crap! I don't ever get to feel like that again. <laughs> and then, and then you get older, and uh, you get more experiences from different things, and uh, maybe coaching your kid or coaching coaching uh, your own athletes or whatever. And uh, but for me, it was coaching my own kid. I love coaching my other athletes too. Don't get me wrong; I love coaching them all the same, but. As he was growing up and I was going through that stage, he was like young and wrestling and place that kids stayed and, or one youth stayed for the first time and or had won a big match and I got that feeling and I like, then that voice inside my head was like, oh my God, I do get the feeling like that again and it's even better. Huh. And uh, it's hard to explain, but it's, you know, you hear that kind of stuff when you're, when you're younger and tough to say that, like, well, wait till you talk, it's even better when your guys win, and you're like, yeah, right, whatever, <laughs> and uh, it really is, man, I mean, it's just a, it's a great feeling, and everything worked out pretty good for us this year, and uh, it was exciting. Does, does Johnny, um, does Johnny have a similar style that you did? Yeah, I mean... People, uh, people say, you know, like, man, when I watch Johnny wrestle, it reminds me of watching you wrestle, and it might be someone that watched me wrestle in college and, and uh, or high school or whatever. And 
lot of the same moves, obviously, because I taught him, you know, most of his moves. But our physical gifts are different. You know, I was kind of a strong kid. I was just one of them kids born strong. I could climb trees and do all kinds of freak stuff with my strength. And uh, he's more of a real quick and, like, tricky and slick, you know, his technique and uh, and everything. He's like a magician. And... uh, (laughs) I watch him wrestle. I'm like, man, I, I don't know if I could have matched that, but I might have out-muscled him. But, uh, you know, so we still wrestle, you know, at practice and whatnot, but I'm a little too old to wrestle him real hard. And I'll get hurt, but uh, <laughs> sometimes he out-quicks me or like, tricks me and stuff. I'm just like, whoa, burn yeah. me. <laughs> Yeah, I bet that's pretty. I bet that's pretty cool. Is it more nerve wracking uh, to watch him than when you or Jake wrestled uh, too? I think the last time I saw you was at a a kids tournament when you were coaching Jake. Didn't Jake? Uh, not to get too off topic here, but didn't Jake fight for a little while? Uh, no, Jake. Uh, Jake didn't fight. Uh, there's actually another guy named Jake Jake that fights okay. MMA, and okay. he's from Kansas City, and he spelled it that same as my son. And, okay. Uh, take a lot of the stuff that you're you know you've, you've also got two girls is that right yes sir so as two a girls. as a father do you are you similar to how your dad was how was i was, I was always kind of curious like what was mr aiken like you know uh, or, or when he wasn't around around us like what, what kind of dad was was your dad He didn't seem like a guy who uh, was big on excuses or any of that stuff. 
probably is right because you know to get to the level that you got to um you 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 can't you know nobody else can want that for you and i'm sure that he saw something in you that that you know like you said he saw it he knew you were his boy so he knew what you could take and and when to probably back off and that kind of thing and and but you have to have you have to have a certain mentality were you born with like a a tough mentality because i remember you the thing, one of the things I remember about you and that I that I always admired was, you won, you know, most of the time, obviously, but but there were also times in like like in, especially when you're younger, like you would go to these huge freestyle tournaments, and I'd hear about somebody beating you pretty good, and and then it would be like a month later or something, you would wrestle that guy again and kick his ass. I mean, so where did that come from? You know, because a lot of kids when they get beat, they don't think I want to wrestle that guy again. And I think you always did. Um, if somebody beat you, you just wanted to wrestle them again. You wanted to wrestle them until you beat them. Um, yeah, you never forget that feeling, man. When someone beats you in wrestling, I mean, before you even walk off the mat, you're already thinking to yourself, or at least I was, I can't wait to freaking get my hands on that dude again. I can't wait to wrestle him again. I hardly ever in my life walked off the mat thinking, man, I hope I never wrestle that dude again. Yeah. I always, I always wanted to face him again right away. And, uh, you know, wrestling's a lot like life. It's just a little small model of life. It's a, it's a long journey. It's a mountain climb. And you climb up, you fall down, you climb some more, you fall down, you climb up some more. And uh, you don't start at the top, you start at the bottom. And every time you fall down, you just keep climbing. So the next time you fall down, you look up and you're like, oh, heck, I've already climbed that side of the mountain. I can do this again. I'm not scared. Yeah. I've been up there. Yeah. And uh, some kids start out, you know, wrestling, you know, they're like real athletic and strong and they're good and uh, they don't lose very much and, you know, they're six years old and they, they win this and they win those nationals and Tulsa nationals and and all this for a few years and then all of a sudden everybody else hits puberty when they're about 12 or 13 and uh, the field evens out and then you see some of those kids that started out on the top they fall down to the bottom and they look up and they're like holy crap that's a long climb I, 
that's too much work. I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah. I'm burned out. Yeah. And you, you hear that term burned out. No, that's, that's just fear of the mountain you're looking up. Yeah. And, uh, that's, that's not how I always face it. I always face it as, you know, you climb a lot of mountains and, uh, sometimes mountains pop up in front of you that you didn't know you're going to have to climb. Mm-hmm. And it's an obstacle. You have to climb it to get to the mountain you were climbing. And then you only have so much time to climb it. You know, you're like trying to be a youth state champ before you graduate eighth grade. And you're trying to be a high school state champ before you graduate high school. And whatever it is, you just keep climbing as hard as you can. And when your time's up and the clock ticks done, you stab your flag in the ground. And you make your mark and you move on to the next mountain. Yeah. How did you go about making your kids uh, fall in love with wrestling? Because I have a, a boy, he's 17 months old, and, and he's, you can already tell he's, he's, he's athletic, like his, his mom was a world-class badminton player, and I was a pretty good wrestler, and his grandparents were good athletes, and you can tell he's got some kind of athletic ability, but, you know, everybody's different, he might not want to wrestle at all, but uh, I would like to enjoy it with him at the very least, you know, so what, how did you go about making him fall in love with it? Well, I mean, first of all, there's the little process. I mean, first of all, you introduce them to the sport. You take them to watch it, and maybe, you know, maybe a high school match or matches on TV or college or whatever, and you take them to practice, maybe a kid's practice, and let them watch and until they kind of, like, say they want to try it and whatnot, and, or you encourage them to, to try it. But the main thing is, you let them know that you love them no matter what. And win or lose, you love them. And uh, so they don't feel any pressure. Yeah. And kid, kids don't want the pressure of like, oh man, I lost. Now dad's going to be in a bad mood yeah. all week long until the next tournament. Maybe I win that one, then he'll be in a good mood. And, you know, and uh, maybe it causes... Uh, dad to be mean to mom or be grouchy or whatever. Kids don't want that pressure. That's that's real burnout. Yeah. Because if that if that's at stake every time I compete, guess what? Jeez, take my poker chips off the damn table. <laughs> I don't want to play this game. Yeah, you know. And, uh, Sorry. But, um, so my kids, you know, I just wanted them to know I love them no matter what. It's just a, it was a part of the experience and journey and the relationships to be involved in wrestling with the people, your teammates and your coaches and your friends and, and your family that comes to watch. And, uh, I made sure they knew that I had their back no matter what, you know, I mean, my son Johnny that just won state this year, you know, the first year he started going to, um, open level tournaments. He was like, Oh, and nine. Yeah. And, uh, his first, like, nine matches. And his, uh, like, his eighth or ninth match, he actually wrestled a girl who came out. He, she was a scrapper, tough little girl. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're about eight years old, you know, eight or nine. And uh, they're, like, tied one-to-one. She hits him in a headlock and pins him. And, uh, you know, there's lots of people in the gym watching, like, oh, it's your engagement. Let's see, let's see how good he is and see if Eric knows how to coach worth a crap. Oh, his kid got pinned by a girl. 
know, when he got to my like girls, I had a flash in my head of memories of seeing dad to like solder kids lose or solder kids lose to a girl and maybe had a had a all the kids gear t shirt shorts in their hands wanted that and like threw it at him like ah, I'm out of here and walked off from your kid. Yeah. And It's funny that you you tell that story because my my dad wasn't the kind of guy that would like throw shit at you and all that, but he 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 would do like you could definitely tell like my you know if like let's say I won the tournament and my brother didn't you could tell there was like or vice versa you could tell there was like favoritism all week long uh, t- towards the kid who and I don't think he did that he don't, I don't think he realized what he was doing but it made me so like that's the reason I turned into such a good staller. Because I just wanted to win, you know? I just wanted to make sure I won the match. Instead of, like, growing and getting good, you know? And now, you know, like, sometimes I'll go for a run or something and and I'll get all fired up thinking about my son. But I don't, I don't get fired up thinking about him winning, wrestling and winning necessarily. I get fired up about, I think about, like, him losing and me telling him I love him no matter what. That doesn't mean shit to me as long as he tried and he had fun and, you know, that kind of stuff. And so it's cool to hear you, you, that story. That's a great story. Yeah, and actually, you know what? Your losses are some of your greatest moments in your life where you build the most strength and uh, you learn the most about yourself. Do you stick when you hit the bottom or do you bounce back up? Yeah. And uh, to me, there really is no such thing as a loss. Um, you know, I, I got to learn from a lot of geniuses in wrestling. You know, Dan Gable, Bobby Douglas, Dave Schultz. I've been around a lot of great um, wrestling minds. One of the things I heard Gable say one time, he came and uh, did a session at one of my wrestling camps for all the kids that I had there and everything. And uh, he said, there's three zeros in wrestling. There's zero weight which means, you know, leverage and stuff like that, pretty simple to understand. It's not just all bull in a china closet. Kill you, I'm the linebacker. 
there's a lot of trickery to it. Balance, weight, speed, and then that's, that's pretty simple to understand. The second zero is zero losses. And uh, he basically explained there's no such thing as a loss. If it makes you work harder, makes you closer to God, makes you drive harder for your goal and focus more, you know, on a graph, that would go up. On a business model, yeah, that would look like a gain. So yeah. how is that a loss? Yeah, And it's all about how you in- interpret it and your attitude and how you respond when you don't win something. And uh, the third zero was uh, zero hour, which basically means the moment you step on the mat or anywhere on the field or the court, whatever, the goal you're going for, the goal you visualize since day one, the day the season begins until it ends, that's zero hour at the end when you actually step on at the beginning, I mean at the end, and you visualize it since the beginning, but everything you do now, between now and zero hour, mm-hmm. is paying the price. That's what accomplishes your goal. Yeah. How old were you when you when you when you heard that from him? Um, shoot, that was only a few years ago. <clears throat> That's probably five or six years ago. But you know, at the same time, he just he just put it in some cool words. Yeah. And uh, I'm not saying I didn't learn anything from him. I've learned a ton from that man, but um, I already knew that. I, that that was my mental makeup. It's in my DNA. It's yeah. in the way I operate it every day when I wake up. If I lose, it ain't gonna knock me down, man. It's gonna piss me off. I'm coming back at you twice as freaking hard. Yeah, yeah. I remember somebody saying, uh, you know, I I remember you you. I remember you losing your senior year. You know, you were injured. You got injured against that kid from Iowa, and then and then you lost a match. I remember your dad saying you came back too early, and 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 you probably did, and and you lost that match. But I remember somebody saying, uh, "Fuck, I would hate to wrestle Aiken now. He's going to be on the war path." <laughs> and uh, and yeah, you were. Yeah, I mean, you know, if I lost, it turned me into a bully. Yeah. The next. Yeah, you were, shove it down your mouth. You were pretty mean, weren't you? <laughs> yeah, I was. You know, sometimes I regret it because a lot of people that wrestled me don't like me. They take it personal, but it's not personal. Yeah. They're, I'm competing. You know, I'm not there wrestling. I'm competing. Uh, it's not a person I'm competing against. It's just an object that's in my way of my goal. Yeah. Now, when we step off the mat, you're keeping big, and I care about you. I love you. You're my friend or whatever and there's one person I ever competed against that I hate yeah um, as a matter of fact they all existed in spite of my bolts you know and there are people that made me better and stronger as a human being and, and uh, I mean I love the people that beat me and uh, made me work harder you know like uh, Sammy Henson who beat me for the NCAA championships and he beat me for the uh, world team trials he beat me for the Olympic team trials. I beat him a couple of times too. Not many, more than any other one, any other person in the world, actually. But uh, I love that guy. Yeah. He freaking made me 
the wrestler that I am. Yeah. And uh, he pushed me to limits, and I visualized beating him every time I ran on a treadmill or lifted weights or wrestled or sat in a sauna. I was thinking about him. There's no reason to hate somebody like that. There's no. There's nobody else in the world more like me. Same weight, same goals, same age. You know, it's like he's like a mirror image of me. Yeah. That's on this planet to make me better. You know, God puts people in your path to uh, improve you and sharpen you. Yeah. As iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. Yeah, I believe that 100%. Especially the older I've gotten, the more I've realized that kind of thing. So was that he definitely um, your greatest rival and rivalry throughout your career? Was he the was he the toughest guy you, you wrestled? I know you wrestled a lot of great guys. Yeah, I got to say he's the toughest and the strongest. Yeah, and maybe a few other things. <laughs> but, uh, um, I mean, just calling him the toughest and the strongest might not be giving him enough credit. I mean, he's just he's a mental machine. He was a physical machine. He, he just does everything you need to be to be a great wrestler. Yeah, I ran into him at the airport uh, a couple years ago, and and I had never met him, and you know I knew who he was, of course, and I introduced myself, and I shook his hand, and it was like shaking hands with that rock character from uh, the, that superhero. I forget his name, but the guy's just made out of freaking rocks, is what I'm trying to say. Um, you know. <laughs> And and I don't know how old he was at the time, but in his forties, I mean, just freaking, just still, I wouldn't mess with that guy in a in hundred years. Yeah, he's strong and he has a hard head. And uh, do do you know I mean, off the top? Do you know off the top of your head how many times you guys went into overtime? No, I, I mean <laughs> it was a lot, but man, we had some scraps. And to be honest with you, if there's one guy in the world that I ever guys are friends now, right? Absolutely. We were friends then. I mean, we were friends back in the day when we competed for the Olympic spot. Yeah. We competed for the NCAAs. We knew each other in high school. We were on the junior world team together. You know, and just like I'm saying, like, you're a human being. When you walk off that mat, you're a human. And I care about you. I love you. You're my brother. And when we get on that mat, I'm going to try to kill you. Yeah. And uh, outside of that, I mean, him and I, we could be at the Olympic Training Center at the same time and, like, after practice and after dinner, be up in the dorms playing playing cards together, play some Uno, play some poker, maybe go across the street and get a cold beer together, you know, and then two months later, here we are in the finals at the National Open, yeah. hating each other. Yeah. And, uh, that's just how it is. You have to, everything that happens in the gym needs a stay in the gym yeah 
What what do you remember the most about the NCAA finals that you guys had that went into? I, I watched it last night and uh, it was double overtime, right? Yeah, I went to uh, yeah, I went to the ultimate rideout. And did you pick? Did, did you pick down? I picked down. Yeah, back then it was a little different. There was one minute of overtime. No one did a takedown. One guy had to pick up or down. I picked down, and uh, I didn't get away. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I mean, there were some controversial things that happened that I could, like, complain about, or maybe my fans or my family could say, hey, he locked his hands, or he grabbed your singlet. There was a questionable stalling call on me in the second period when I was I had a tilt hooked up on him. The ref called the stalling call, restarted the time, you know, restarted the whole, you know, stopped the match. We had to restart, but uh, that's I mean, I wouldn't change any of that stuff, yeah, even if I had the chance, because what it did is it made me climb the mountains harder yeah. and higher and keep climbing, and uh, it was a blessing in disguise, you know, and I look back at that kind of stuff now, you know, I spent a lot of my life trying to win one wrestling match, Yeah. you know, maybe it was four or five wrestling matches, you know, I had to catch a chance before I'm out of eighth grade, or I gotta win it before I leave high school, and then I gotta win in CAAs, and then I gotta make an Olympic team, and maybe you fall short of every one of those goals, like I did, and, uh, I look back at it now and I realize, like, whoa, holy cow, I didn't even really have to win that match. You know, at the time I thought, I gotta win it, have it made the rest of my life, have this title, NCAA champ or Olympian. And now I realize it's not even about the title or the trophy, it was more about the relationships and the experiences and the character values that they gained along the way. Yeah. Those things that way more value value to me that that any title or trophy that will ever be attached to my name or hang on my wall. Yeah. Yeah, what uh speaking of the Olympic trials, you 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 were probably you probably got closer to making an Olympic team than 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 just about anybody. I mean, and and twice. You you was it was it did, did it go three matches in the final um, Sammy beat me in two matches in 2000, but they were both, like, one was overtime and one was, like, two to one. Yeah. But they were close. I mean, I mean, they were splitting hairs. Yeah. 96, four years before that, um, I actually won the first match. Roselli, Lou Roselli, the guy I was wrestling, he won the second match. The third match, I was winning with, like, 50 seconds left. And uh, I was excited. I was like, wow. And, you know, and it, I was, it was tied two to two, and I was winning on criteria, mm-hmm. criteria back then. Yeah. And uh, I was so excited. I was like, wow, I'm going to take him down again. And I took, like, a, a sweet single shot. I just kind of, like, lifted his leg and spun around and fell on my butt right in front of it, and it gave him the takedown. Like, he accidentally took me down. Wow. He did nothing offensive to take me down. Wow. And, uh, that might be one of the losses I regret the most. Yeah. I was going to ask just what your because, toughest loss, loss was. Yeah, just because he didn't earn it, I gave it to him. Yeah. 
How long does it take to get over something like that? I mean, you know, that's the pinnacle, you know, and, and you were that freaking close twice. Um, was, was that was that the toughest thing you've ever had to deal with in your competition? I guess it's something you, I guess it's something you think about your whole life, but uh, back in two hours, I was showered up and ready for some chicken wings and a cold beer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't going to hang my head on it. reading I, I still have an article somewhere in my garage I came across it not too long ago about when you were training for the 2000 Olympics and I remember you saying to the reporter you know even if I don't make you know, if I don't make the Olympic team um, you know I'm still gonna have the same family they're still gonna love me you know and that always kind of stuck with me you know and and I do stand-up comedy now I've done it for a living for 20 years and and sometimes I'll get really nervous before my shows and and I tell myself that you know and I don't I don't know if it was because of that specific article but i've always remembered it and it, it kind of helps me you know like dude it doesn't matter or i'll look at a video of my boy on my phone and i'm like look at him laughing he doesn't give a shit what happens tonight if you do well or don't do well or or whatever you know and it's always good but um i mean it's always fine but uh you know and wrestling really taught me that you know above anything else probably um if it wasn't for that sport i don't know where i would be in life but it taught me every good thing, you know. Yeah, it teaches you a lot of humility. Yeah. Uh, you, you really feel like you're in the dump sometimes. Yeah. But, you know, like you said, like, now sometimes I look back on it, like, and I never did anything like you did in wrestling, but, um, but I look back on it, I'm like, and I think to myself, like, what were you, because I would have guys that I would be wrestling, or that, you know, I would worry about wrestling or whatever, and now I look back and I'm like, what were you worried about? Like it was just, it was just a match. Like if you lost, it didn't, it didn't matter. It's not like he's gonna maim you physically or, <laughs> you know, no matter how good they are, they're not gonna kill you. Like literally, you know, 
there's nothing to really be afraid of. And I, I feel like you were always that way, you know, when it mattered. It's easy for me to look back on it 25 years later and be like, ah, oh, shit, what were you worried about? But it seems like you never really were, you know, like going back to, you know, like losing matches. Like I remember when you lost that match to Landon Richardson, then that summer you beat him like 16 to nothing. And Corey Jones beat you in the finals your senior, your freshman year of high school. And you like pinned him that summer. Um, so you were just, you were just that dude. Um, and I think that's rare. I think that's why you see so many guys who are like, whatever happened to that four-time state champ from whatever, you know, or he was so good when he was a kid and freestyle and this and that. And it's like, well, because you get to a certain level and you got to do, you got to have more than just skills, you know? Um, so that, that's yeah, something. You, you have to be relaxed and at peace when you go out there. You might not be relaxed. You know, your heart rate might be 109 or 170 or whatever, but when you go out there, you have to know that, like, hey, no matter what happens, my family, my friends, and my God all still love me. So I have nothing to lose. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, that's important because a lot of people put so much pressure on themselves because they think, if I win this one match, or this one title, I got it made forever. Yeah. That's a lie. Yeah. You don't have shit made forever. Yeah. You wake up tomorrow, the sun comes up, and you got to go to work, you got to go, you got to go do something. There, there's not too many people that don't have to go do something tomorrow. Yeah. To, to survive, and stay alive. And uh, you have to know that, like, you know, no matter what, everyone, the most important thing is that it doesn't matter if I win or lose, Everyone still loves me. I still have my salvation, and I still have my family. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's one of the things uh, that kind of freaks out people when uh, Johnny's getting ready to wrestle, and he'll be checking in at the table, and they're like, hey, you're blue, or you're red, or you're green, you're red man, you know, and I'm, I'm like, walk to the table with him or whatever, because I'm his coach, and, uh, his, his opponent will be walking up to the table too and every, before almost every single match he wrestles I'll be like hey good luck buddy I love you and he'll say love you too and uh, you kind of like people look up from the table like whoa well, oh, that was weird or his opponent will look up like well they just told each other they love each other <laughs> and uh, it's like yeah we're relaxed man we're at peace yeah. We're ready to come out here and kick your ass. <laughs> and, we, and we love you too. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, it's it's not it's not some some violent attitude like you better go win this one or I'm kicking your ass. You know, there's yeah. There's none of that in our family. Yeah. Our, our mindset, the way we operate. Yeah. Well, that's great to hear, man. You know, and that's the kind of dad I I, I want to be, whether he whether he wrestles or not. But you know, especially if he wrestles. I mean, obviously, I would like him to, just because it's one of the few things I could teach him some stuff. But, um, you know, I, I remember being ten years old and asking my asking my dad. I was real nervous about wrestling some kid who'd won three state championships or something. I was like, you think you could tell me you're proud of me even if I lose? And instead of him just being like, oh, I'm, all, I'm proud of you no matter what, he goes, well, m- what makes you think you're going to lose? And I remember being like, ah, fuck, you just don't get it. <laughs> you know, like, I just want you to love me, man. You know, um, so that's great to hear, dude. That's 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 how I want to be, too. I always wanted to ask. 
Sorry, go ahead. I've coached, I've coached kids who's like, you know, I've coached a lot of kids that had to wrestle a girl, you know? Yeah. A girl at the tournament, the boys' tournament or whatever. And, uh, whose dads came up and were like, if you're losing this girl, you just better get her different ride home. And I'm just like, dude, that is not the shit you want to say to your kid right now. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. It, is it hard for you to not say something to him? Do what? Is it hard for you to not say something to him when you hear that kind of stuff? Heck no. I'll put them right in their place and tell them how stupid that sounds. Good. <laughs> Give them examples. You know, I mean, that's just not how you, how you uh, prepare a human being for a challenging situation. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's like, heck, I could pick out a few women whip your ass right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, I also wanted to ask you, uh, your senior year of high school, I think you wrestled 130, and then I always remember being kind of shocked, like, he's wrestling 118 in, high, in college? Was that was that a tough pull for you? Because not only did you make it as a freshman, you wrestled five years at 118. Was that hard as hell? Oh, yeah, it was when I was a senior in high school, but I weighed about 135. Yeah. By the time I got to college, I was about 143, about 8% body fat, and I had to get down to 118. Wow. So by the time I got down there, you know, I was like somewhere between 4 and 6% body fat probably. Yeah. But um, it was just a, it was a For your international career, you wrestled 114 and a half, right? I watched a few of your matches last night from, you know, I watched, you know, there was a couple that stood out in my mind, like, wow, he seemed really fired up in that particular match. Like, when you won a Junior Nationals in 1988 against Tony Perler, uh, you seemed super fired up about that, and, man, you beat the crap out of him. I mean, that was, that you were just, you were just on fire. Um, do you remember that match specifically? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I bet. I remember, I remember it, like, 
getting voted the outstanding wrestler at national duels too when i was a senior in high school we came to watch and uh i remember you you got outstanding wrestler at that and you know that was so cool for me to go and be like yeah i know that guy and do you, you might not remember this and this is getting totally off topic of the questions i wanted to ask you but um i know you probably don't remember this but you were like i was about 10 years old i think you were in i think you were in eighth grade you're getting ready to win your fourth kid state title and uh Somehow we ended up in your your hotel room, and you talked to me for about thirty minutes about how you thought I could win it and all that stuff. And uh, you know, I always looked up to you because of wrestling, but I think maybe that's where I, I like really became like kind of Eric Aiken obsessed. Like I always wanted to know, you know, like your results and what you did after you'd left high school, especially and all that. Do you remember me calling you every now and again and be like, "Hey, Eric," um, and asking you like if you wrestled so and so and what the score was? I was always obsessed with the score. Do you remember that shit at all? When you called me for, uh, like, during college? No, I used to just call you. I'd be, like, 10 or 12 years old, and I'd just call you at home and be like... (laughs) Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I remember your dad would call me first and be like, Eric, Jimmy wants to ask you some questions. uh, Oh, yeah, I remember, dude. You were were a student of a sport. You were a freak. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. And, uh... You know, yeah, it's it's funny the the stuff that you. That, and Clem always talks about you and Jimmy, and uh, like as being some of the best kids he ever coached. Really? Oh yeah, absolutely. Huh, that's cool to hear. I, I wanted well, to. Ha- he might he might be biased just because you guys are from um, Shawnee Mission West. Yeah, <laughs> did he go to? He did go to West, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was a stud. He's probably still a stud. Do you still talk to him? Yes, I do. Yeah, I remember every time I would go up to him, I would punch him in the stomach, you know, like a playful punch in the stomach, and he'd always flex his stomach every time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's probably still got a six-pack. Yeah, yeah, that guy was a stud. Uh, Do you remember wrestling my brother? My brother was pretty, for for somebody who never had, like, high-level training, my brother was pretty freaking tough, wasn't he? that but uh yeah i was always curious about that you know like i i wonder how how eric aiken thinks of my brother you know because because jimmy you know not to make excuses for him but we had a we had kind of a weird childhood especially when he was in high school so he never got to he never met any of his goals so that just aided him and especially our our coach at the time our high school coach he had this beast in his room that was always ineligible for a, a variety of reasons and uh so, yeah, I, I was like, I'm going to ask Eric well, Aiken how tough my brother was. He was a stud, and to be honest with you, uh, Kevin, Kevin Clem, he told me, like, man, Jimmy is so good, but he thought your dad was a little too hard on him. Yeah. And uh, 
he uh, he was like, man, if he would just like chill on Jimmy, Jimmy would be really, really good. Me and Jimmy live in the same town now in Gardner. Yeah, yeah. And I see he's he looks like he's in shape, like nineteen years old. <laughs> Yeah, he's still in pretty good shape. That dude was a freak, man. We'd go running, and he would run so far ahead of me, I couldn't even see him anymore. And then he would come all the way back to me and be like, what are you doing? I'd be like, just piss off, man. Just run. Just leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw him at the uh, swimming pool over here a few years ago. Shit, I don't know, two or three years ago. Yeah. That's funny. I had no idea that Jake had ever seen me do comedy. Oh, yeah. He loved it, dude. Huh. Well, shoot. He should have said something to me. That would have been cool for me. That's what I told him. I'm like, you should have told him that you know me, dude. He would have smacked you upside the head or something. (laughs) Yeah. I I wanted to ask you about that Zeke Jones match, too. Um, You were pretty fired up when you beat him, and... For people that don't know, Zeke Jones was a world champion and, and one of the best U.S. wrestlers ever, and Eric beat him in 96, and was that the semifinals at the Olympic trials? Yeah, it was basically called the finals of the challenge tournament. Okay. Um, everybody that didn't win the um, U.S. Open, like, you know, like eight guys, like second through eighth or tenth, ranked the guys in the U.S. and whoever wins it gets the rest of the number one ranked guy for the Olympic spot. Okay. Where was Sammy Henson during that time? 96. He got hurt that year. Okay. He hurt his knee. And then he came back and he went to a last chance portal fire um, to qualify for the Olympic trials and Zeke Jones showed up at it and beat him in the finals. He had to win the last chance qualifier to make it to the Olympic trials and Zeke showed up and beat him. Huh, just to keep him out of the trials? Yeah, so you don't have to beat him again in the month or whatever. Yeah. So, um, uh, Zeke showed up and beat him, so there was no Sammy. And then uh, me and Zeke met in the finals of the uh, challenge tournament. And uh, he was the uh, returning, you know, he was third in the world the year before that. Actually, should have won the world championships. Got a controversial... Uh, lost in a uh, whatever they do like they protested the match and told Zeke he lost and didn't re-wrestle it just said oh you lost you're going for third you're not in the finals now yeah he basically was the world champ in 95 and he won it in 91 and he was Olympic silver in 92 so 96 was like maybe one of his last years and we met in the um I looked 
I was like thinking to myself, holy crap, if they just scored this scramble right, it's going to be tied. And I looked at the scoreboard and it said six to six, and I was like, yep, overtime. <laughs> so it went to overtime. You know, and, I. Uh, Speaking of that match, I remember, I, if I'm remembering correctly, it was just last night, but it seemed like you thought you had a takedown there at the end, and you got, like, kind of upset about it for just a second, and then, and then yeah. it was, and then I could yep. see a switch go, I could, I could see your mental process go, well, it, there's no time for that shit, you gotta score right now, just forget about that, you know, I, I could almost see you thinking that, I don't know if I'm right or not, but that's what it felt like, like, you know, I, you, you had that moment where you were kind of pissed, and then you're like, eh, there's no time to be pissed. I have to do this. Do you remember that at all? No, back then, there was, there was no video reviews, and uh, I knew the call, the call was so close that they were like, oh, I'm going to give it to this young guy. And he just did that to the world. No, no. Yeah, so I didn't, even, I didn't even try to stop the match. Like, hey, stop and talk about it. I just ran back to the middle and said, let's go. Because yeah. I had him gassed. Yeah. It was a hell of a scramble for that takedown, though, too. Yeah, yeah. it was. Yeah. And uh, um, what's, what's really ironic about that is, at the time, I went to Iowa City, so I was turning on the global, mm-hmm. and uh, Bobby Douglas was coaching the Suncast Kids, and Bobby Douglas was my college coach, but he was also Zeke's college coach at Arizona State, huh. and he left and came to Iowa State, and I remember the Iowa State, he showed me this move called the Zeke Sweep. Okay. Like a sweep single called the Zeke Sweep. Mm-hmm. And he got it to me, and I thought, I'm pretty good. So, in that match, I took Zeke down with the Zeke Sweep. Nice. <laughs> and a great warrior one time told me, somebody's best sword is something that once cut their own Achilles. Huh. And that's true. You know, because I mean, if something, something beats you, you're like, whoa, what play was there? What wrestling move was that? We're going to study that and we're going to do it to somebody else. Yeah. And that's basically what I did. That's how good that move was, the Zeke Sweep. It's a great move. Yeah. It's I, funny. I remember I had a, I had a pretty good headlock and, uh, and I was at, I wrestled for two years at Lobet, and when I was there, this this guy came in that like used to wrestle there, and he was older now, he's probably like thirty, and we got to wrestling around a little bit, and he threw me in the hardest freaking headlock I've ever been thrown in in my whole life. I remember just thinking I was gonna go through the mat, you know. And he's just some old dude that used lived in the town and came in to scrap a little bit, and and uh, yeah, he launched me with that thing. I was like, I don't think anyone's ever thrown me in it. What's that? I I don't remember his name. He was just some dude. He just came in. He was he was about thirty, and he was still really buff, and and uh, and <laughs> had this long blonde hair, and he just took me for a ride, man. Um, what what was your relationship like with Dave Schultz? Um, you know, I was really getting ready to know him. Um, I mean, he was pretty good right when he uh, got murdered by yeah. Uh, Dupont. Yeah, and. Uh, I was lucky to um, get to know all those guys. I was uh, 
you know, Bobby Douglas, like I just said, Bobby Douglas was to go to Arizona State, then he left Arizona State and came to Iowa State, and uh, when he came to Iowa State in 1992, he was the Olympic coach. Okay. So all the the world in Olympic team camps, he got to say, hey, I'm bringing this college guy on my team or whatever, so... I basically was one of the only college kids in the wrestling rooms during the 92 Olympic team camp, 93 world team camp, 94 world team camp, 95, and 96 Olympic camp. So Bobby, I, I basically had a access card. So he took me to those, and they were all held at Foxcatcher back then. Mm-hmm. You know, the John DuPont place. And uh, so I got the new results pretty good. And uh, I learned a lot of shit from him. Yeah. He was, had some really good stuff. And uh, not just not just wrestling moves, it's just mentality and the way he operated and the way he trained and the way he thought and the people around him and whatnot. So, um, you know, I mean, I learned a lot of moves from him, but I also learned a lot of moves from people that like, hey, look what Stroll showed me. And then I'd be like, whoa, that's cool. I'm going to try that. But it's funny. If you do a link between a lot of wrestling moves, like if someone's like, hey, look at this move. And you're like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. And then, oh, so-and-so showed it to me. And you can trace it back. You can trace so many moves back to Dave Schultz. It's incredible. Huh. You're yeah. a genius. Yeah, I, I sure wish that it, that we all got cheated that day that that Dupont did that shit because, you know, now with Flow Wrestling and everything, it would be so cool. You know, he would he would be such a great ambassador for the sport, and uh, I would love to hear him. You know, with the platforms that wrestling has now, you know, you could hear Schultz stuff all the time, and I just think it sucks that we didn't get to to hear any of that stuff. But I've never heard anybody yeah. say one bad thing about him. It's just crazy. I mean, there's stuff that's like. You'll see something now, you know, like right now, 2020, like someone's saying, look at this new setup. Here's how we're getting the leg lace now. And then you'll be like, holy crap, I was at the World Team Camp in 1993 and Schultz was already doing that and showing it to all of us. So techniques kind of like make their presence and then kind of fade away and then come back, you know, like trends. And uh, yeah. so it's funny, you see people like 25, 30 years later, like being like, oh, look at this one that this guy made up or whatever. And it's like, dude, I saw Big Schultz up showing that same stuff yeah. 25, 30 years ago. Huh. Wow, that's really cool. I also came across a video of you uh, with Terry Brands, and he was saying some pretty positive things about you. And that was also very cool for me because uh, I've always... I've always thought the world of the Brands Brothers, um, they kind of made me scared to wrestle in college. I was like, fuck, everybody's like that. They're all psychos, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Did you, were you guys pretty tight at one point or still? Yeah, the the Brands have always been uh, really good influences on my life and my career. Um, I mean, everything they did competitively like how they train, the, the things they say, the way they think, their mental makeup. I mean, it's hard to find human beings that focused. Yeah. I mean, you can, a focused human being is like a bright,
The branches are like a freaking laser. Yeah. Like a laser compared to to a bright light. I mean, it just burns through stuff. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, when I went to the Hopkins Club after college, did a lot of training with Tom and Terry, Mike Minna, Jeff McGinnis, Mark Ironside, Bill Zadick, all kinds of guys that were there. But, uh, you know, when Terry made the Olympic in the 2000, and I lost to Sammy, you know, like right afterwards, like two or three days later, Terry Bolton called me up and he was like, hey, I want you to go to Australia with me. I want you to be my workout partner because they don't take every alternate. They yeah. only take a couple. Uh-huh. And they only take the people that the number one guys want to work out with. Okay. And those become the alternates. So some of those might be the number two guys. Some of them might not be. Yeah. But uh, Terry's like, hey, I want you to come with me to, to Australia and uh, be one of my workout partners. I didn't have to work out with him every day, thank God. <laughs> or I'd be buried right now somewhere in Sydney. <laughs> but you did go to but, Sydney uh, with him? That's awesome. Yeah, and I went there with the whole team. And it was awesome, you know. And uh, it was one of the greatest experiences of my life. And uh, the fact that he wanted to take me was, uh, it meant a lot to me. And uh, so he had like, me and Bill Zadick. And uh, so he'd work out with me for a couple of days, and then I'd have a couple of days off, and then Bill Zadick would have a couple of days off, and then we'd switch and up and whatever. But uh, so, yeah, I have a great relationship with the Rams brothers. They're good guys. Cool. Um, well, I won't keep you on here all day, but I did have a couple more questions I wanted to ask you that I've always been uh, um, curious about. First of all, do you remember? Um, well, I need to ask you this first because I don't want to in this without asking it. What was it like? Because you did make a world team in 1999. What was it like to wrestle in a, in a world tournament? The world tournament, senior level. That's incredible. Yeah. It's a lot. I mean, the cadet worlds and the junior worlds is almost identical. Did you wrestle in all those? Yeah, I wrestled in one cadet worlds, one uh, junior worlds, and one senior worlds. Wow, that's pretty freaking cool, Eric. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, they're intense. I mean, there's so many people there from different cultures and countries that you get to the senior worlds and it's just like you're in a bracket of like 32, 33 guys and any one of them could win it. You might be able to pick out like three guys that can't win it. You're like, oh, okay, that guy from this country or that country, he ain't winning it. But every other guy could win it. Yeah. You know, I was in, I was in the world in 1999 and the guy that won the Olympics got like 32nd place wow. in the world in 1999. But it's, I mean, it's intense. And, and that was that guy from Azerbaijan, right? That beat uh, Sammy in the, in the Olympic finals? Yeah. Yep. Okay. And that guy got 32nd? Wow. But uh, it, I went to the world in Turkey. Uh-huh. And it was in 1999 between the two big earthquakes they had in Istanbul. And uh, it was intense. I mean, it's a totally different culture. You know, you got, the, you got the people from Turkey, the Islamic people from Turkey, the people from Iran, and they don't like each other. Yeah. So, I mean, there'd be a match between 
those two, yeah, I mean, just like chaos or break out the stance and fights and you had to make sure they were falling up in the air. They're not going to miss swinging at the guy next to you and hit <laughs> you in the head. And uh, it was intense. Yeah. And, you know, it was, it was a good tournament. I went three and one. I won three matches. And uh, the only guy that beat me was the world champ. But I wasn't second. <laughs> yeah. They had a little bit different pool system back then. And uh, you didn't get you didn't get pulled through in the repechage or whatever it's called. And, um, so basically, I should have wrestled for like a bronze medal that year, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, people win three matches these days; they're almost guaranteed a, a medal. Yeah, it was a great experience. I mean, just the level of wrestling was just off the charts. Like anyone could win it. Yeah. Um. I wanted to ask you this because I've I've always do you do you remember a guy named Eddie Lee? Oh yeah. Because I remember being I don't remember how old I was. I think maybe you were maybe like a freshman in high school or something. And uh I remember asking Patrick Kaler, I was like, How did Aiken do it, whatever tournament? And you're like, he got beat in the finals by Eddie Lee seven to nothing. And I remember thinking, Who the fuck beat Eric Aiken seven to zero? And then and then the very next weekend he beat you like 12 to zero. And I remember being like, who the fuck is this guy? He had like this long black hair and, uh, and he was, and he was so good. And I never heard or saw him again, or even heard of him, heard about him again that I used to, you know, I I was, I spent a lot of time by myself and had some long walks when I was a kid because we never lived in the district. And I used to like write stories about this. He became like this fictional character to me, like Eddie Lee, could beat anyone, you know, like he was never lost anything. And I used to write stories about this guy. And it's kind of funny that now Spencer Lee's molly whopping everyone 25 years later after I used to write these stories. But they were just stupid kid stories I would write about, like, you know, he's like a fictional character because obviously nobody goes through their whole career without losing. But I used to write stories about Eddie Lee, how he never lost. And it was all because he beat my idol. And I was like, how the fuck does anyone do that? And then... He he went on to have a pretty good, like, I think he got second twice in high school and third twice. I read about him a few years ago, and I think he actually passed away. But anyway, I say all that to say, what do you remember about that guy? Yeah, he was, uh, <clears throat> he was a really tough competitor of mine when we were younger. And uh, we started wrestling in junior high. Um, he's from Underwood, Iowa. Okay. And uh, it's a little town, a little east of uh, Council Bluffs, Iowa, and uh, he was a stud. He hammered me a few times that year that you're talking about, Mm -hmm. and then we ended up wrestling again at Junior Nationals that year, and I beat him both times. Wow. See, that's that's what I'm talking about. That's what, I mean, sorry to interrupt you, but that's that's the kind of shit that made you great somebody could handle you yeah. and then you could turn around and beat them. You just learned from every loss that you ever had. So that's cool to, for, to me now to hear that you beat him. Um, so sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but yeah. No, but no, you took the word out of my mouth. Like after he beat me, I was like, man, I want to be as good as that kid. Mm-hmm. I got to do what I got to do to beat that guy. Yeah. And, uh, I had to lift weights more. I had to wrestle harder. I had to run more. And I did everything I, I could do to beat Eddie Lee. Yeah. And uh, I ended up beating him, but um, he was he was in 
No, a little mountain climb in my career. Yeah. Stepping stones. Huh. Wow. That's really cool to me, hearing shit like that. I, I also wanted to ask you, and this is going to sound stupid, but when you, when you were a kid, were your, were your fingers always hurt, or did you just tape them up because it looked cool? Because you always looked cooler than anybody else when you were wrestling. You always had tape, you always had tape somewhere, and uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'll, I don't know. I think uh, I broke my fingers so many times. And yeah. I think by the time I was like, 13, I had arthritis in my fingers from doing so many chin-ups. You know, my dad would stand right in my doorway, had a chin-up chin bar in my doorway, and he would stand right there in my doorway when I'm doing them, and he would, he would just scream in my face like Sergeant Buzzcut. Yeah. He'd be like, come on, get another one, you don't go down. <laughs> you gotta get another one and, I was just scared. I'm like, oh, man, I'm not letting go of this, letting go of this bar. Yeah. And uh, so I don't know. Yeah. From that, but uh, you know, it's you know how it is. Yeah. It's like when you beat your digits up. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, uh, I, I, you know, I'm 44 years old, and I, I still, I still occasionally think about this, and and it makes me like feel bad about myself but I, I remember going I went undefeated my senior year of high school and I went to like a few freestyle practices but um, I remember your dad asking me he's like he goes in front of everybody he goes I'm glad you're here uh, he goes you plan on wrestling in junior nationals and I was like trying to sound cool for my friends or whatever I'm like yeah I, I don't know I'm not sure what I'm gonna do and the, the, the look of disappointment on his face haunts me to this day <laughs> 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 you know, I'm still like, like if I would have just gone to junior nationals and quit being quit being such a wuss, I, I would have, you know, who knows what what would have happened with my career. But I tell you what, everything everything that I look back on in my life, it all comes back to my son. Like if I had done anything different, he might not be here. And so that makes everything that every regret that I ever had, it makes it okay. You know what I mean? Do you, and, uh, do you have any regrets? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, I guess I'd have to hear somebody define regrets, but like, I, like, I could you do any? It. Would you do anything different in your career, looking back on it? Mm, probably not. I mean, the way I look at it is, you know, this thing's a, like I said, a mountain climb. Yeah, the whole life's a journey. And the journey gives you days, and every day gives you choices, and every choice gives you an opportunity to move down, stay the same, or move up. Yeah. So you have to do the things that move you up. Yeah. It's pretty simple math if you look at it. Yeah. And uh, so if you regret something... You just have to make a decision the next time to help do it. Yeah. Well, man, uh, I won't keep you on here all day. I really appreciate your time, Eric. Uh, you know, like I said before this thing, I mean, I, you know, I, I've always been kind of a nervous person. Like as far as I used to get nervous before matches and, I don't, you know, it's funny that I do what I do for a living with, with how nervous I get. And I was before I called you today. I was like, dude, calm down. You're just calling another dude that you've known for... <laughs> 
30 years, you know? But I was, I was like nervous about it. I'm like, I'm going to talk to like my childhood, you know, I don't even know if you realize how big of a hero you were to me when I was a kid, you know? You were my in with everything. Anytime I would talk to any high level wrestlers, I'd be like, you know Eric Aiken? And if they didn't know you, I'd be like, well, then you're not that high level. You don't know Eric fucking Aiken, you know? (laughs) You know, because not a lot of guys from Kansas got to your level. Very, very, very few, actually. Um, So so this was really cool for me, man. What you have to remember about being nervous is, think about every time you ever wrestled. You were nervous, right? Yeah. And then you correlate it with, well, when I went out there to wrestle, I tried to kill. Yeah. I tried to win. I went full pedal to the metal. And that's what nervous does to you. So you have to convince yourself at some point that, like, nervous ain't bad. Butterflies aren't bad. This is great. This is the stuff that makes me go. Makes yeah. me start bouncing in my stance. Makes me ready to kill. Yeah. And so you can use that to your advantage. Yeah, you know, I, I the times that I'm not nervous, I usually don't have as good of a set. So I know there's some value in it, you know. Um, absolutely. So yeah, man, this is really cool for me, Eric. I really appreciate you taking the time and... Uh, is there anything you wanted to say before we get off here? Uh, not really. But, uh, next time you come to KC and do a show, I'll be there. Okay, cool, man. Um, yeah, I'll really look forward to that. And uh, Yeah, man, it was cool being on here. Make sure you tell your parents hello for me. They were always really nice to me when I was a kid, and uh, I really appreciate it. Absolutely, dude. I will. All right, buddy. And, uh, they ask about you guys and talk about you guys from time to time and uh, you're not forgotten. You guys are a piece of our our history and our lives and uh, the journey we've been in wrestling. So. Well, cool, man. Well, thanks, for, brothers. thanks for always uh, uh, indulging a, a little kid when I was younger and I'd call your ass and be like, hey, did you beat what's his name? And you'd be like, yes. <laughs> hey, I love it, man. And, you know, Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I hear that every now and again from some comic that I worked with. You know, I quit drinking about nine years ago, but I would say stuff when I was drinking, and they'd be like, "Hey, do you remember this?" And I'd be like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know it was, it was usually positive you know like i i i like to think that i've uh given people decent advice and all that stuff and and i'll never forget some of the stuff you said today and and uh i'll listen to it again and don't be surprised if i ever uh call you out of the blue and be like eric i'm freaking nervous about xyz and you can be like well being a puss first of all <laughs> and then you know whatever you're gonna say to me um but yeah don't be surprised All right, man. Thanks a lot, Eric, for being on here. I really appreciate it, buddy. And good luck next year with your team. Thank you. All right, buddy. Take Take care. care. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. That was Eric Aiken. Uh, You know, it's so funny. Before I did this podcast, I was sitting here and I was like, dude, what is wrong with you? You know, like, he's a cool dude. You've known him your whole life. You haven't talked to him in a long time, but um, it's weird. You know, you, you, like he was just saying about things that, that people say to you when you're younger and, uh, you know, we didn't really get into it, but, you know, he pulled me aside when I was a kid and, and had some really positive things to say about my wrestling and all that stuff. And it's one of those things, like he was just saying that he probably doesn't even remember, but I remember it. And, uh, he was always cool and, and he always had a different way of thinking, you know, I mean, I, I grew up around a lot of good wrestlers, um, a lot of multiple state champions and all that stuff. And, uh, there were some great, you know, I remember a lot of great guys. And, uh, I mean, just saying that makes me just flooded with, uh, names, but, but Aiken was special and, uh, and he still is, you know, it was really cool to hear him say some of that stuff and, and talk to him as a grown man, you know, rather than, uh, you know, being a kid, but it was funny. I, I felt just like when I was a kid and I would call him to ask him some result or whatever, um, so anyway, that was super cool for me. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, make sure you go to making it happen, M-A-C-A-N, it happen.com. Check out little Bo Macon, help him out and his family. Um, just to remind you, Bo Macon is a little boy who I went to high school with, excuse me, middle school with her, with his, uh, mom, Caroline. And she was, uh, um, she was a really sweet girl, and now she's got this boy, Bo, and, and he's got this disease that's so rare they named it after him. Um, it's called it's called Bo's Syndrome, and I, I'd be lying if I could explain it fully, but it's a really difficult thing he deals with, and you can help him out if you go to makingithappen.com. M-A-C-A-N-ithappen.com. Help out little Bo Macon. Any donation is, uh, is really appreciated. And... Uh, Go to timgathercomedy.com and check out the stuff I've got on youtube.com. I'm going to be putting up a new video at least once a week. Maybe more, depending on uh, how much content I get cranked out during this apocalypse. Um, But yeah, so thanks very much for listening, and uh, God bless all of you. Take care. Bye.